So I have a question for us today, and it has to do with this word glory. Can you just say glory? Glory. glory. Now, I, I read this word glory through the scripture of John chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 17. My question is, what does it mean when Jesus prays for us to receive glory the same way that God the Father gave Jesus glory? If God the Father gave Jesus glory and then Jesus is praying that we would have that same glory, I think it's probably important to know what that is. How do you know if you have it? What does it look like and what's its purpose? So today we're going to talk about that. Today I'm also going to talk about um, how my cat has a problem. <laughs> my cat is addicted to screen time. I'll tell you the story in a minute, but, um, but I just want you to be thinking about how cats get addicted to screen time. It's a problem we're all facing these days, <laughs> our pets included. All right, John chapter 17, glory. So glory is, it's not old glory. By the way, do you know what old glory is? It's the flag. It's not old glory, but why did they name our US flag old glory? It's not like the, the uh, Pentecostal preach, oh, glory, glory, right, it's, not, it's like, why do they do that? You just made me afraid, <laughs> I want to run away, <laughs> why'd you do that? But what is that word glory? What is that glory? Well, you have to think about some different things that maybe depicted that in the Bible. Remember when the angels showed up to announce the birth of Jesus, the angels, the, their glory shone all around. Or when Moses had been uh, meeting with God on the mountaintop, his, his face, face gl uh, glowed and there was glory from that. So in essence, there is glory is an essence. It's a... Um, it's tangible, but if we were to say that we are to have glory, what does that look like? Well, let's start reading the scripture. We'll be informed by what God's word says to us. It is light and life for us. So let's dig in. John chapter 17. By the way, if you don't have your physical Bible, you can get um, the Bible on our Grace Capital Church app. You can just download our app, and then under more, there's the Bible right there, and you can follow along. John chapter 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, it's interesting the posture, I guess the first and foremost on that, that a lot of times when you pray, we think that we would bow our heads, right, in reverence, but Jesus now looks up to heaven and he begins to pray. Now, it is interesting that you have to think the time frame of which this is taking place. This is um, after his public ministry has ended, this is also after the Last Supper. This is probably hours um, before his arrest and subsequent crucifixion and resurrection. But here he is. He's now praying, most likely out loud, for um, John to write in a, what his prayer was. In red letters in my Bible, here's Jesus praying. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Okay, here we are already getting in the glory words, right? Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh and giving eternal life to all of you who have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you and only the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 
I glorified you on earth. There's that glory word again. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Interestingly enough that Jesus is praying in the third person right here. He's speaking about himself in in a third person thing. Now then he goes into first person. And uh, in my journaling group on uh, Wednesday, by the way, if you want to journal with us, meet at Starbucks on 7 o'clock, the one in Concord. Just show up with your Bible and a pen and piece of paper. But anyways, we began talking about that and, and understanding why. We don't really understand except maybe we know that, that Jesus full of the Holy Spirit himself. And so maybe it was the Spirit praying um, through him. And maybe it was actually the way that he saw himself because he, he said, bring glory to me like we, we, had, we once had together. See, Jesus preexisted with the Father, came to earth in the body of a human being, and he's looking forward to the time that he's reunited with his Father. Let's keep on reading. In verse 6, he says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given to me is from you. From I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Remember, Jesus says, I only do or say what I see the Father in heaven doing. And actually, if it goes back to glory, he says, I glorified you. I glorified you on earth, in verse 4, by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. A few years ago, I was um, going through a lot of challenges um, with regards to difficult people in my life. Anybody have had difficult people in your life before? <laughs> we all have, right? And maybe you still do. Maybe you still do. I'll be praying for you. So, so what I, I remember I was in this person's home and we were sitting down and I was explaining some of these challenges and I, the way that I came to, de, uh, to terms with it is, is I said, you know, I remember when Jesus was crucified he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I was thinking, like, how did Jesus get to the place where he was, he was falsely accused? He was beaten, you know, unrecognizable. He was so mistreated. And yet he had compassion in his heart to say the very things to his accusers and the ones that went through this capital punishment, if you will. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I came to that place and I said, you know, I, you know, I just have to come to the place as much as these people are like saying wrong things about me. And man, it's just it's like chaos around these situations. I just have to forgive them because for whatever reason, even though it's not true, for whatever reason, this is happening and Lord, just forgive them. And the person came to me and said, yeah, but you're not Jesus. Why would you do that? You're not Jesus. And, and I, I, I was like a little bit puzzled because I was like, but aren't we supposed to be like Jesus, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then it made me realize maybe, we, maybe people don't think that way. Maybe they just think you know, Jesus is our savior and, and that's it. Or Jesus was to model something, but we're not to emulate our life after Jesus. And then that got me thinking, it's like, wait a second though. No, Jesus did ask us to do 
the very things that he did and, and to live his way because Jesus modeled for us when he says, when I, when I do only what I hear and see with the Father doing, then that means, if that's the case for us, we not only glorify the Father, but we get glorified when we actually are doing the very thing that God has called us to do. So the question for us is, do you know if you're doing, living your life the way that God has purposed for you to live your life? Because Jesus said here with confidence, I glorified you, verse 4 again, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Do you know the work that God has given you to do? Now, some of you might be like, well, I'm unsure, actually. I, and this is, where, this is where my action for you today, if you're taking notes, this is the, one of the things I want you to write down is begin to pray in the morning, God, give me the opportunity to do the things in the heart and the eyes to see and to do the things that you've called me to do today. I think just simply being aware that God has put you on mission, that he's put you on earth for a purpose, that it's not just to wake up and go to bed and scroll through some social media and get a, do a good job at work or go to school and, and get an A on your papers. It's so much more that he has a purpose for us and he's given us opportunities to join him in his redemptive work here on earth. And so we need to first and foremost realize we're glorified. Now we haven't answered the question, what's glory? But we do know he says we're glorified. Let's keep reading here because he's going to get into some more glory um, words. And I'm going to jump down. No, I'm not going to jump. I can get through here. Verse, verse 10. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I'm glorified in them. Again, a lot of glory in this chapter 17. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. By the way, I'm not going to be able to get through all of this great stuff, but do you know that we produce study notes every single message and I want to encourage you that you can get those. They're on our website under sermons. Um, Pete Mahegan takes the message and then he is a great teacher and he will dig deeper for us and give us some study notes on that. So don't worry if I'm skimming through some stuff. Today I just want to keep, keep on that main point of glory and how does the Lord want to glorify you and what does that mean? What does it look like? I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction. Do you know who the son of destruction is? Judas on that one, he says he was lost, but none of them were lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world. Remember, this is he's praying. He's praying to God the Father, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Now he's talking to his disciples, which also means us. He's saying, don't take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. All right, so we know that we have an enemy, John 10.10, 10, that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus in his prayer for his disciples know that, you know what, there is going to be opposition. And I would say, Jesus faced opposition, so will we. 
But especially when you start praying the prayer, God, put me on mission. Help me to accomplish the things that you've purposed my life to do. The target gets larger. I know you're feeling really excited about that right now. <laughs> Wait a second. You want me to put a target on my back for the enemy? Yes, I am. I'm, that's what I am saying. Because you know that the bigger the target is, the more impact that you're making for the kingdom. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so that means greater is Jesus, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. You do not have to be afraid. doesn't matter how big the target is. He's going to throw fiery darts at you, but they're going to bounce off. Some might pierce and hurt occasionally, but God has the ability to take all things and work it together for our good. Everything that the enemy has caused for evil, God will turn for our good. So, so it doesn't matter how big the target is, but the, but the question needs to be asked, do you even have a target on your back? If you don't have a target, that means you're not a threat. If you're not a threat, that means your effectiveness for the king and the kingdom maybe is diminished. And so how you become effective, uh, maybe I don't like the word target. Maybe you are a shield like Captain America. You wear a big shield, right? So it's like, it's all right. It's, it's evident that you're, you're in this battle. You're in this offensive position. And um, here it is that you're not to be taken out of the world, but you are to be in the world, but on purpose living for Jesus. All right. Verse 14, I'd given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how you're hated and it's okay that you're hated. And the way that we can love them is because they really don't know what they're doing. They're just acting like the world, right? They, they don't know anything different. And so they're going to hate you because of what you bring. And here, this is where the glory is going to come in. You bring an essence with you when you are full of the spirit and you're on mission, the presence of God is so on you that your life begins to shine in a certain way. So I'm starting to tell you now a little bit of what glory is. Glory is an, a tangible evidence that people feel and, and they are going to see something different about you. I love it when people first come to Christ because the evidence of their life, there is like a glow on them. I wonder why the artists often depicted our saints with either halos or a glow. You know, there's like light beams coming from their head. Why did they do that? Is because they, they realized that they emanated something from their person. And the question is, is how much glory are you emanating? Well, it doesn't come from us, right? We're, we're to be salt and light. So we already know that we are to be light bearers. But here it is, is our, is our life emanating and, and it doesn't originate from us. It comes from the Father of heaven who will bestow glory upon you as you do the work that he has sent for you to do. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify or set them apart. See, I think sanctify, that word sometimes set apart, we feel like we need to isolate. That's not what sanctify is. It's like set apart for a purpose. Set apart for a purpose. And so you have been called out, set apart for a purpose. In other words, you have been given a task, a mission to accomplish here on earth. He says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. 
And not for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth, set apart, knowing the truth of God. All right, here we go. Now we're going to get into the next part of the glory. I do not ask for them, for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So another, he's not asking just for his disciples. He's praying for his disciples. But he's saying for everybody who comes to follow Jesus afterwards, that's you and I. And this is what he's, he's basically including us in this prayer. Who believe in me through their word, that they may be one. Can you say one? one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory, here we go, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Now, Jesus is saying, the glory that God has given him, he's also bestowing on his followers, I and them and you and me, that we may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, so on so forth. We only have a couple more sentences there. You can read that on the own, but on your own. But here's the deal. Jesus himself is now praying that you would have glory. So let me tell you about the cat. Um, the cat in addicted to um, screen time. So my daughter who came home from college thought it'd be super fun to um, play she has an iPad, and somehow she saw this, that there'd be like a little swimming fish on the iPad, and the cat would be desiring to like go catch the fish. So sure enough, she put the iPad on the ground, the cat swatting this fish, and then she leveled up. She leveled up to the next level. She was a good fish catcher. And so she leveled up to the next, and so the thing goes faster, and then it's like, before I know it, though, I'm realizing that anytime you pick up a phone, the cat jumps on your lap and was trying to paw the phone. I was like, Abby, what have you done to our cat? You have made it addicted to screen time. Well, what I've realized, though, is, is it's gone beyond the shiny on the screen, and now it goes to shiny on the walls. So anytime that my phone is in the light and it makes an image on the wall, she pounces on the wall, tries to climb walls. And now she's into shadows, you know, it's just like anything shiny. But, I, but I, I, I realized that what it was is she began to be attracted to the light and to the shiny. In many ways, glory is like that. That it's not screen time, bless you. It's not screen time that we're attracted to, but it, it is, we're attracted to something, we call it shiny, it's almost in a, like, a bad way, but we're attracted to the light the essence of what is being shown around us. And, and, and God has purposed us to be carriers of that. Now, we used to say you're the, he's the light of the world and we are the, the bearers of that light. But I think another way of that bearer of that light is, is that we are, we're bearing his glory. In other words, we're becoming very attractive. We're becoming very attractive to the world. That's why he's saying, stay in the world. And Jesus himself, if you look at Jesus, the world hated him, but for the people who needed him, they were very attracted to him. Woman at the well, Nicodemus, tax collector, his disciples, the people who are sick, 
really the people who are downtrodden, the, the forgotten, the demon-possessed. They needed something that Jesus had, and they were attracted to Jesus, the woman who had the issue of blood. You know, it's, all these people were so attracted to Jesus because they realized that he was carrying something with him. He had essence. Why would crowds come to him? It wasn't just, be, it wasn't just because of the miracle. They were, they were crowding him before the miracles were taking place. Same with the disciples. How is it that people were flocking to the disciples? Now, mind you, the disciples, the Holy Spirit came upon them. But I also believe as the Holy Spirit came upon them, that their greater glory shone through them. So today, the question is, what is glory? How do you know if you have it? And, you know, and how do we keep it or let it shine? So I believe glory is an essence. It's, it's something that is a... By the way, have you heard the term, we're blessed to be a blessing? I have some challenges with that, though. As much as that seems like a good catchphrase, it's only partially true. And it has to do with glory. I think in many ways, glory also is saying, I want to, be re- I want to shine who great, the greatness of God. But if all we're doing is to shining, and the shining doesn't point back to the Father... And that's why the, the statement, blessed to be a blessing, can, is only half true because we're blessed to be a blessing so that our, the attention goes back up to our Father in heaven who is the blesser of all good things, right? He's, he blesses us. It's not the one way and just say, hey, you know, I want to be generous. I want to be a blessing. But without any attention brought up to him. Glory does this, though. Glory is like a mirror that reflects People first see us, but then they're, they're quickly seeing the Father in heaven. They're quickly seeing Jesus. Because glory for their glory's sake just turns into pride. In other words, look at me. Look at how shiny I am, right? Look at me. No, no, no. The glory, the essence of what we are to be doing is to shining our light. Why? So people can see the nature of who God is. To see the nature of who Jesus is. Because if our glory is just to, to, to shine brightly, if our glory is our essence of our goodness of who God is, like when, when Moses was on the mountaintop, you know, in the presence of God, and he came down, his face was radiant. Glory was shining all around him. And if he just said, yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> I'm the man. Look at me. And they go like, yeah, Moses, you are the man. You're shining, man. No, he'd be like, I've just been in the presence of God. And he's given us these commandments to live by. Isn't he good? He wants to love us. He wants to care for us. So how do we have this glory? It goes by, by first by verse 4, saying, I've glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you have given me to do. So our, first and foremost, our, our glory and our attention needs to be brought to the Father. Right? I've glorified you, God. So there's something about when we do the things that God has purposed us to do, it actually brings glory to God too. It's not just one way down. It's, it's our, our actions bring glory to him, who then is a reflection of as that glory goes up to heaven, it's almost like the mirror it almost beams the glory back down to us. And then we, we walk around changed people. 
And so as we live a humble life committed to, a, to saying, God, use me today. It takes humility. It takes intentionality. It takes a sense of this world is not about me. It's really about, God, what, what have you purposed in my life? That's the first part to receive his glory is realizing that we give glory to him when we serve him, when we do the things that he's um, asked us to do in this earth. Glory goes up to him and then it reflects back down to on back onto us. And then we are walking with glory. And then the other thing too is he says, you know, we want to be people of the truth and that, that the, the glory that he's bestowed upon us I truly believe so much of the world, our Western world, had to kind of get chased out of me. And I'm, I, I, I'm good. I've got a couple minutes. Because we think sometimes that we want God's blessing. Like we want, and, and our minds go into material things. Like we, God, just work in my life. And we're thinking about jobs. We're thinking about um, material possessions we're thinking about, but that's our Western thinking. And, and the real gold is this, God changed my very nature that I would have more of your spirit in my life that would be evidenced in more fruits of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness and self-control. And so, so my question is, is, is you want to know, you want to do a glory measurement, like how much glory you might be having, possessing in your life, is I want you to write down the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, there's nine, and then you want to like scale one to 10. 10 is like shining bright, shining bright. One is like, woo, I need a little work on that one. I've realized that I, I struggled you know, on that first one. I, I was really good on some other ones, but really understanding about love. Um, in, my, in our small group that we, we lead rooted, we're taking a break today because of the annual meeting, but there's somebody in our group who says, you know, I just, I just don't like people very much. And I, I love the honesty and truth about it. He goes, I love my family, but anybody else, eh, I could care less about them. I just don't love them. But, but he says, I'm challenged because I know that's not right. I know that I just, I need to love the way that Jesus loved. And so much so, that's why he says, love your enemies. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And all of a sudden, boom glory shines all around right because because we are reflecting the nature of who God is when we do those things the other big one is joy guys we I think we struggle with joy in our world today I think we are so consumed with activity and busyness the 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 okay let me let me talk about myself we're so I'm so focused on busyness and activity that I wonder how much joy is emanating from my life and and if I want to see God's glory shine all around in my life, so, so it's a reflection on who he is. By the way, do you ever think Jesus was a joyful person? He had fun, filled with joy? Absolutely, because that's his very nature, right? The, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. So go through that list and scale one to ten. 
And if then if you start saying, hey, I want more of his glory on my life, that you want to be like, let the light shine. That people would encounter something by when we walk into the room that there is an essence and a presence that, that is not natural to us, but is supernatural to who God is. And but like, why? That's when people start asking the hope of the glory that you have. Is that the right scripture? The hope of the glory. Hope in glory. Hope, yes. Somebody post that on social media later, okay? Post it on Facebook. What is that verse? Because it's interesting now. I, I'm, it just came to my mind, but now this glory word has got me thinking a little bit. So what is the hope that we have? And, and I, I want people to be asking that because if we are, if this world is continually getting darker, there needs to be more light. And we are the light bearers and, and the glory that he wants to give on us. And I want to say it is probably the greatest feeling you'll ever have is to know that you are having this glory that comes from heaven. Almost this light of approval, this light of, of goodness, this light of God's presence shining in your life so it emanates to people around you. So I know what you're going to be thinking is like, how does a cat being addicted to screen time have anything to do with glory? Well, I want to better describe that a little bit. I already mentioned it, but what she really was attracted to was the shiny, the light. There's something that was attractive. There was something that was, that was drawing attention. And my question is, would you allow the Spirit of God to dwell inside of you so richly that when you wake up in the morning and you say, God, I am on mission for you, that you've given me something to accomplish today. And then you run through a checklist of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is like, okay, God, I am lacking in patience today. Let me have more patience. God, I am lacking in love. Like when I want to not love people, Lord, let me love them the way that you would. And then you begin to start seeing that, that your glory, the light begins to shine brighter around you. And you'll notice, you'll notice, somebody's going to say like, what's going on with you? <laughs> and that is in a good way, by the way. And that's when you get to say, can I tell you, I've just been spending time with my father who loves me. And by the way, he loves you. Can I tell you a little bit about him? Can I tell you about his son, Jesus? Can I tell you what has happened in my life since I give, have given my life to Jesus? The world is longing for something more than it's giving them. And I am so encouraged the season we're in right now that, that people are, are seeking. They're seeking truth. And by the way, just so you know, I know it's, we're a little bit fuller here today and, and we will continue to get fuller as we lead up to Easter. And then we will be going to two services, nine and, sorry, yes, nine and 11, nine and 11, not only on Easter Sunday, but going forward to make more room for all of your friends that you're going to be, yes, all your friends that you're going to be inviting 
not to church, but to know Jesus. And then part of knowing Jesus is being part of a community of believers. And then, by the way, we have a baptism next Sunday, but here's, here's the key. My hope is that the next time we have a water baptism, which will be this summer in the river, maybe we'll have one beforehand, but you are going to have the chance to baptize your family and friends that you're going to have led to Christ. It's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. Oh, it's only left for the pastor. No, yes, you can. You can do that because you have brought them into faith with Jesus Christ and you are going to baptize them. Um, and so that's going to be exciting. So i be looking forward to that church. Who are you starting to pray for? Who are you going to? And by the way, it's because they're going to ask you. They're, they're looking. They're going to ask you because of the glory that you bring by doing the work that Jesus has called you to and being filled with the Spirit, allowing His fruit to emanate from your life. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by His Word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.